We are live. What's up, everybody? As you can see, I have with me here today, Miss Shay 24K. It's super awesome to have you on the show. This is Bridge the Gap. My name is Holden Stefan Roy, and basically, what we do here is we talk to interesting people such as yourselves and go through your life a little bit and learn some knowledge nuggets along the way. So it's super, cool. So it's super good to have you here. And I was hoping we could start this off and you could just take a quick second to like introduce yourself and just let the people know where you're from, like where your life starts at that phase. Like the beginning, beginning? Like the very beginning. Of it. It's going to tie into the next question. So it's going to make sense. Okay, cool. Well, my name's Shay24K. Um, I'm originally from BC, but I grew up in Toronto area and GTA. And I'm a singer-songwriter. I like R&B. Um, I used to rap, but I mean, now I just focus on the, the R&B and the pop vibes. That's cool. Yeah, I came from a long line of musicians too. My dad, he's go, a musician. Go. He's let me ask this question, right? Okay, we're gonna go get ahead. into that because I'm glad you're going there because we're gonna get into that really proper. So check it. I have okay, my cool. opening question that I ask everybody. Shout out A1 Manager for the follow because we're live a little bit. But um, so it starts like this. My girlfriend one time she's washing the dishes and she's playing uh that Black Eyed Peas song on her phone. The I got a feeling. Ooh, she's vibing. She's like doing her thing. And uh, I'm looking at her as she's as she's doing that, and I ask myself, when the fuck did this song become chores music, right? Because like if you think about this track in particular, people now throw it on when they're like working out, when they're doing some stuff. Maybe they're a little bored in their life and they're trying to go back to a fun place. And I say that because for a lot of us, run that track back ten years, that is like a party track. It's like it's vibes. It's like a whole thing. Mm -hmm. Ten years goes by, song doesn't change at all because it's a song. But now it's this whole new context in our lives, which got me thinking about life, right? So for all the little ones running around, they're partying and doing their thing. They don't know that that's the chores music. They don't know that right now everybody else is washing dishes to the music they're turning up to. And now it's just mm. like a big thing for me because of the evolution process. So I started thinking about us as like musical types and people. And we start thinking about the stories of folk. And how often they'll start off in like this adolescent place. And I'm glad you went right back with it. But most times people start off in like this adolescent place. Like, oh, I first discovered hip hop at this. Oh, I first started. Doing... And it's like, it's it's a good place. But really, like, if you think about music, right, it really is from the beginning of time. Like you came out in a hospital somewhere and there's probably a song playing in the room level of beginning of time. And then as time went on, you had no real control over the situation. Music still playing around you. Like I can remember being like five years old and my dad's got the gray boxes, the amp, the radio, the tape deck, all this stuff, the speakers with the wires going everywhere and you'd be busting like Led Zeppelins and shit during the day. At nighttime, <laughs> it's like Montreal club music live from the clubs and stuff. And then my mom, she's more discos and more like other kinds of vibes like that, musicals, TV stuff. And it like, you know, it creates this like ambiance as you're like growing up with it. So that's why I was hoping you could like run it back and walk us through not just like just the whole vibe of being young, like the technology, the experience. Like if your parents are musicians, like just take some time and walk us through that experience so that we can get to know the foundational elements of Shade 24K. Well, so yeah, my I come from a line of musicians actually. So my dad, he's a he's an artist. He does tributes to Bob Marley. And when I was younger, he used to tour around Canada and 
um, like perform Bob Marley songs, then I would come, I would go on stage with him and kind of like experience what stage life, what tour life was. Like and my grandpa also, I think I was like three, the earliest that I remember hanging out with him and being on stage and stuff. But my grandpa too, he's a Calypso artist in Trinidad, Lord Superior. He just passed away a couple of years ago. Um, but same thing with my dad. My dad watched him growing up, do music, performing, and all of that stuff too. So I kind of grew up with it. It's it's in my blood, definitely to to do music and to be around it. I'm, I grew up with it. It's it's a passion for sure. So like when you were young, as you were like on stage, were you like already just singing, dancing, getting into the vibe, or was it more just like something that was happening around you? Um, well, my dad, he played in a band, so I would go on stage and I wasn't really performing with them, but I was just kind of up there with my dad because my dad was a singer. So I'd go on stage and dance around and just be cute and silly. I was kind of like the dressing on the cake, you know, like you have to add like a cute little muffin on stage to kind of bring the people in and then they stay to listen to, to the music. No, I'm just kidding. He's like actually a good artist, but. That's what I like to think. Nah, it definitely worked out like that. I've seen every dad I know bust out the kid to try to get people to listen to their music. So <laughs> it's absolutely a move. Um, so like when you were young, was your mom also into music? Was like a big thing in the family or was it really like your dad performing? And then like, like outside of that, was it a prevalent force? Yeah, my mom, she was really into music too. Um, she really loved R&B, which is why I listen to a lot of R&B still to this day. Like Lauren Hill is one of my favorite singers. Um, Erica Badu, even like Missy Elliott. I listen to that stuff still to this day. That was her vibe. Um, so I feel like she influenced a bit of my R&B style because my dad was definitely more reggae. Um, but my dad influenced like the instruments, the, the actual passion and drive behind music. I'm like, when, did you start like playing instruments or anything when you were young? Yeah, when I was young, I played in, um, like I was in church choir. I played in bands. I played guitar from when I was like 11, 12 years old. Um, and I taught myself how to play keyboard too when I was young. So I was always like really into music. Instruments were always around me. So I had no excuse not to pick them up and try them out. How did you teach yourself to play? Was it like you just figured it out or? Yeah, well, because like when you listen to songs, you kind of can feel out the notes or hear the notes. So I, I don't think like I'm, I'm like Mozart and I can just play by ear anything, but I would definitely try to like listen to the notes and try to like fill out the songs that I would hear and listen to. And um, that's how I learned how to play the keyboard and piano. I took lessons. I mean, Guitar, I took lessons. So you're saying that just because that's actually like super cool that as a little mm -hmm. one with no no intervention, you're like, okay, so I got this piano here. I'm hearing this song. Let me see if I can figure this out. And you're just like mm -hmm. via trial and error teaching yourself how to like play notes and chords and etc. Yeah. And like because I was taking guitar lessons, I feel like it made it easier for me because if you turn a guitar on the side, it's essentially like a keyboard or a piano. So the, the keys are the same or the notes are the same, but you're just playing it in a different style. That's big. So it got easier to pick up the more 
instruments I was hearing and playing, it got easier to do over time. That's really cool. So we got a question from Ismail asking, what's your favorite instrument? Hmm, that's hard because I see beauty in so many different instruments, but I think my favorite instrument sound is probably a saxophone. I love the sound and, and the passion and, and feelings that you can get from listening to a saxophone. That is a really cool answer. I like how musically driven you are with this stuff. Like, I'm not going to lie. You are possibly the first R&B singer I have had on my show. So it's super interesting to see where your, like, interests and passions lie because it's just not the same. You're, like, playing instruments at, like, young, and you're, like, I don't know. It's exciting for me. This is really cool. The saxophone? Yeah, like, that like, was my shit when I was cool. Kid. Like I never think yeah, about I it like that. Yeah, I played that in the in the band. Um, I was like a band geek in high school, <clears throat> even younger than high school, grade seven, eight. When you start playing band in school, um, the first instrument I ever picked up was the trombone because I'm real short. I'm only four eleven, so I wanted to prove to my um, classmates I could play the trombone, and I played for a long time, for like two years, and then I moved on to saxophone because I liked it better and I liked the sound. But I played a lot of instruments growing up. That was like, it was a real passion of mine. I was, but before the singing, I was more of like a band nerd. Like I wanted to play the drums, the instruments, like that type of stuff. And then, because um, I wasn't like, as confident when I was young. Were you like into composing stuff as well? Um, Not like jazz music. But I would play stuff like I would make up my own melodies on the saxophone and on the trombone and stuff. And I'd play it for like my mom and my family and everything. But I never like went out there to do like a competition or anything for it. Yeah, but it's still songwriting. It's still fucking cool. Yeah. I mean, it... I've been songwriting since I was like small. Like, I can't even remember when I wrote my first song. Ismail, uh, she's shorter than Bonnie. That's his, that's that's the truth of the situation. That's my girlfriend. She's five feet tall, so I'm like, okay. Because he asked how um, <laughs> short it is because he's used to the metric system, and I'm like, I don't know it in metric, but it's shorter than you would think. <clears throat> yeah, it's real short. Um, but uh, that's funny that you would get the instrument just because, like, just to prove the point. But it's so cool. How many yeah. instruments can you play? I can play quite a few, mostly brass instruments um, and then guitar, keyboard, I can play, but I'm not as good as I was back in the day when I was playing them more. I feel like music is more synthesized now. Um, but if I pick up and I play, like I can, I can catch on pretty quick. I love guitar, piano, and brass. Hold up. When you say music is so thin synthesized more, you mean it's harder for you to like play along because of the lack of actual instrumentations that goes into a lot of modern music. No, I just don't play as often now okay. because um, because things are so like high tech, right? You can make any sound on the computer or right. any sound in the studio, so you don't really need to pick up an instrument and play it anymore. But if I if I wanted to like sample my own guitar or something, I probably could do that. That's fire, actually. Like that is ridiculously fire like when i hear people can do that i'm like damn that's like a level of because you know i don't know how to make a guitar sound like a guitar i could maybe come up with notes in order <laughs> but that's where you get to like some real shit um yeah 
So I guess if you're in high school and you're pursuing the band thing and you get like that like bug for like, you know, kind of playing music and you've been on a stage a little bit, are you like also singing at that point or are you just like focused on the music? Um, when I was in high school, because I lost I lost my mom when I was 12. So when I was in high school, I, I didn't even really want to sing or do anything like that because my my confidence was real shot after that. So I didn't even really start singing until like again until 11th grade or 12th grade. And um, I remember in 11th grade, I actually I started my own little singing project um, in my school where I would like perform songs at little charity events and stuff and play my guitar. Well, that's like really um, cool. Wait, wait, tell us more about that. That's hugely ambitiously cool. Yeah. Well, my brother, he made t-shirts and, and stuff. So I would try to like promote his t-shirt business and um, like do performances within my school because I went to a lot of different schools um, during my high school career. So it was kind of like almost in a sense, like a way for people to get to know me because people didn't really know me like that. So I would post videos on YouTube or um, on Facebook sometimes. And I would like go to school and people would just get to know me as that girl who was always singing and doing covers. And um, so I started this project. It was called Open Heart Project. It was pretty corny, actually. That's not that corny. Um, it was back then it was pretty corny <laughs> and um i was trying to like sing and sell t-shirts and like yeah people pretty much got to know me from that you know like, in my school like that's fucking fire though stills when you like describe it to me today i'm like even down to the name i'm like that works that would like be a hella hot name in 2021 <laughs> yeah it was something like it was like i don't know where i was trying to go with it back then um, but it was a start. Like it, it helped me to get back out there with music and and build my confidence and letting people hear me sing. I'm also gonna say not a lot of people in high school start things, just at all. Let alone go out there and perform, come up with like content strategies and like try to sell some merch and sh like that's pretty ambitious. Like really cool stuff. Yeah, I feel like I thought. Um, like I always had like a real high ambition for music and stuff. I always thought like I was gonna be a famous singer from even when I was young. Like I would go to random cafes with my friends and do silly little performances and stuff there. I like nine, 10 years old, like the craziest ages, like re from real young. And I always would think like, oh, Beyonce is gonna see a video of me and she <laughs> she's gonna pick me up and you know, something crazy is gonna happen. That's what I used to think. I mean, it's not, like, a bad series of thoughts. Like, to be, like, 9, 10 up and running a circuit of open micing, even if it's maybe not what you had in mind exactly, that's wildly cool. Like, that's, like, you're clocking real experience at that point. Well, thanks. Yeah, that's what I – because I wanted it. That's what I wanted to do when I grew up and stuff. So I would try to stick around and, and do things to make me feel like I was in that direction. Man, it's definitely cool to hear about now. Um, so you, by the time you're done high school, you've already got a lot of shit under your belt in terms of learning how to perform and, and to actually hustle. <laughs> Forget just performing. You already got like a whole hustle going while you're in high school. So like what happens after that? Um, after high school, 
Hmm. I don't know. I feel like I was in and out of of the music game like I was doing more music videos and stuff for other artists but I had a plan to it like I didn't want to just be like your average Instagram video girl like I was really going because I wanted to network with the people behind the scenes like more so like I wanted to get to know the videographers I wanted to get to know the producers I wanted to kind of see how people's management was and like what a what a successful music camp would look like um, so I did music videos for a few years and, you know, I, 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 I fell in love with, with the industry and just, you know, being in involved in the music videos and just the behind the scenes. And I really like always thought while I was doing it, like I would way rather do it for myself. Right. But I didn't have the, the team around me yet to do it. Um, and then like, I even went to LA, I signed to a label in LA and and they they made it really difficult for me to do music. And um, so I had to give up for like a year after high school. That's a lot of interesting stuff you said like super quickly that you packed in. Like frankly, I don't actually know that many people that know a lot about how to go about music videos the right way. Like, let, like and you were there and you got all this experience doing videos. Like uh, basically playing whatever role you played in the video based on what's new. So you're an actor in that regard, right? How do you like get mm -hmm. into that? Like, how do you just, how do you even get into that? Like, I mean, personally, I mean, I never went down that path in life, given you know, all the things, <laughs> but like, how, how does it work a little bit? I'm super curious. Like, how do you get into videos? Yeah, like, I mean, I know a lot of people can post pictures on Instagram or whatever, but like, how do you actually transition this into like a real thing that you do and like take it like do all the things you describe develop the camp like what's it like what's a good video set versus bad sets like you have experience and we don't even know yeah like there was a ton of times you would go to videos and you would see like like and i'm not against it either but sometimes people would bring like their whole family their aunts their uncles everybody's there and everybody has an opinion about what they want the video to look like and stuff and and um it's not bad it's just like i would see certain settings and know kind of what i wanted to shape my things around and um i like a very intimate setting when i do my videos like i don't like to have a bunch of people there even when i'm in the studio i don't like to have too many people there like i just like to i'm not a rapper like i can't have a million <laughs> a million boys and girls in the studio i have to do it like privately um so i just like i was learning from going to the video shoots and everything what i liked versus what i disliked and um, I would get into them because, yeah, I post on Instagram and I'm not like Instagram famous or anything, but I, I would get people reach out to me and ask me, like, would you be willing to do this? And I won't lie, like, there was a few videos I did that I'm, I regret, like, I wish I never did them. But then there was a few videos I was in that I was like, this was a great experience. I learned a whole lot of shit from, oops, being on, on set with, um, even Sean Paul and Alkaline, like sure. I did a video with them. Yeah, and I learned like, I learned a lot. Like I learned the difference between what's professional and what's not professional and just like little things like that. So like, what's a, what's a piece of advice you could give to people who are like getting into this? Like what would be like stuff to watch for that's more professional? 
as a as a model um i would be careful like i i wouldn't go to a video shoot that has too many too many dudes on set or like too many you know gangsters or whatever it might be like i would just be really careful about who even you put yourself in and around videos with because especially in toronto there's beef there's politics and everything and depending on whose videos that you're in like you can accidentally yoke yourself into those politics right so i would just make sure even like you like the music like these are just little things little tips that i would give girls before even doing it because it can make or break you like if you're in a bad video or they make you look a certain way it can like really ruin your rep say a word so at the end of the day like if the product doesn't come off right because you made a bad choice on who you work with the video just like at a literal production level it looks like shit like that could hurt your reputation because the all they're gonna see is that video well it might not hurt your reputation if the video looks like well i feel like yeah maybe like if you're trying to really pursue a career as a model and the videos that you're in are coming out unprofessional every time it's going to kind of taint your career like it's going to make you look like you're not you're not you're not doing your research about who you're going and dealing with before you go. Say so word. You know what I'm saying? No, that's really interesting. Like I like, I never get to hear this side of it. Like I don't really talk to a lot of models. Like it just doesn't they don't show up. I'm not like in that phase of music videoing and stuff. So it's like interesting <laughs> just to hear a lot of the other stuff. I mean, I've come to learn that who you affiliate with in every field really has uh, repercussions. But like the idea that like just at a logistical front, if they don't make you look good, it's not going to be good for you is like something to consider. Um, yeah, because people have a lot of opinions about videos and like video girls and stuff like that, too. Right. But they don't think about how how far you can push yourself if you really meet the right people in there. And like if you get in and get out. You could be good. You could meet a lot of connects. Um, I have two questions from the chat on this. One is, uh, which is the your favorite music video that you've appeared in? My favorite music video would be um, with Sean Paul and Alkaline. And mostly because, not just because it's Sean Paul and Alkaline, but just because we had a really good time filming that video. It was like a two-day video shoot. It was like a pool party both days we were having a lot of fun like i really love shooting with sean paul and alkaline they were a good time so it's like literally i just got to party in a pool for two days with direction yeah and you get paid to do it i mean that part's definitely blessed as well i'm not gonna lie that sounds super fucking fun um yeah it's fun so like I guess you're doing that for a while and then you like you decided you want to you learn you met a lot of people and you learn a lot about your version of how you want things to go but I guess at this point then in your head you understand also like like were you involved in shit like storyboarding the creation process of the video as in um like planning out the video and what it's going to be like or what the story is going to be yeah for my videos I do um for my videos, I try my best to be as involved as possible and and to to make all the ideas and and to put them together the best I can. I'm not the best. I won't even lie at styling. Like style is not really my thing. 
I really like to write the songs and I really like to be, I really like to create the music. And sometimes I don't even remember like the songs that I wrote because I've written so many. So sometimes I'll, I'll get help from my management or um, A1 helps me a lot plan my videos out. But when it comes down to to the concepts and the ideas behind the videos, that's me. That's really cool. Um, yeah. So I mean, how do you, how do you like transition then? I guess from being in the videos to like actually starting your own like career with it. Like, what do you? How does that work for you? Uh, I would say planning, planning, planning. Like, being a musician is a business. Being an artist is a business. So. Just like any business, you can't go into it without a plan, without a strategy, right? So planning is like the number one way I think I turned myself around in it because if if I didn't invest in myself or if I didn't make an effort to write all the songs that I wrote or have an idea or a vision for what I wanted to be as an artist, then I wouldn't even be here right now talking to you. I would right. just, I would probably still be doing the videos. <laughs> Like you have to have a plan. You have to have a, a drive and a vision of where you want to be and where you want to see your music go. So like, I guess you, you develop your plan. Um, and when do you actually like start like creating music? Like how do you link up with who or get into the studio? Like, have you just always had access to studios and things? Um, because I was doing the videos, I got the chance to meet a lot of people who were involved in the music creation process. So, um, like I've met engineers and producers over, over time, just being in videos. So I did know a one, two people, but, um, like my management, they usually set me up with people now to work with and I kind of like review their, their work and see if it's something that would fit with me. So you let the management bang out the actual part of finding you places and things to deal with. Yeah, like I try to focus mostly on on the writing and the creation. Like that's what I like to do. Um, obviously, like I look into it and I, I make sure that the people are people that I would want to rock with or like the videographers are people that I would want to rock with. But I let them, I put my trust in them a lot because they're the force, they're the marketing, they're the the people behind the scenes, right? Right. I'm like I'm like the face of the business and they're they're the people behind me pushing it to go forward. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. How did you end up with the name Shade Twenty Four K? Um I don't even know how I ended up with that name. I, I always like I always like to be a winner, you know? Like everybody likes to win. Everybody's on the road to win, right? Everybody's on the race to being the best. And I find like when you go through a lot of hard hardships and struggle, um, when you get older, like I feel like you deserve a big trophy for that. So that's why I call myself 24K because I feel like the value behind my story is, is golden. Mm. I like that. So like- Thanks. So if I, you have all these songs out and you've been putting in the work with that. I see you guys got your Insta on lock and everything looks real polished and things. So I guess like, have you been performing or like, when did you really like start to transition into becoming a serious artist with it? 
um, excuse me, a couple of years ago, almost three years ago now, um, I lost my brother. So he was a, a really big artist, not in music, but he was a big painter. His name was Dre. And um, I don't know, I just feel like for so long in my life, I was there even making the t-shirts like I was working alongside him, kind of like his behind the scenes. And after he passed, I didn't know what to do with all my creative energy because I was so used to just working with Dre, being behind Dre and like making sure Dre keeps doing his art and Dre keeps going out and selling his things, right? So after he passed, I felt like it was time for me to, to embrace my creativity. And even though it wasn't on canvas anymore, like I wasn't going out with him selling canvases or, you know, trying to push a certain art piece. I was doing it for my own self and I feel like he would be proud for that. And that's what kind of drives me to keep doing it. And especially the way that I do it now um, is because of him for real. So then, um, so you start doing that at that point and I guess, how do you link up with the green money folk and like kind of go in that direction? Yeah, Green Money, um, they actually hit me up about a year ago, maybe a little over a year ago, I think. And um, at first, I wasn't even down to, to link with them because I, I just went through a big situation with this label in Los Angeles who really tried to, to hold me back from even pursuing anything. Um, what do you mean by that? Like, I, I've never, I've done, I have ideas of how labels can do that, but like, it's, you hear these like stories of people who want to go to LA. Like I swear I know a lot of people from Montreal dip out to LA to try to like find something. So it's interesting to hear somebody be like, "So I got a deal from LA and it was not good." <laughs> like it's just a perspective. Yeah, like you don't I, get. I was just young. That's why. But I I went to LA and me and one of my good friends. We were out there. We were rapping together. Um, and rap like back then it wasn't even really what I was a hundred percent passionate about. It was just that. City Girls was coming out and like I was kind of like in the game at that time like I was working dancing in in Los Angeles and um I ended up signing to this label but I feel like it was just a money grab like they seen the potential on me and my friends so they really wanted to to hold like to have their hold on us like basically to retain us and um to see if anything would happen with our career but they didn't really have the resources to invest in us and to to move us forward. So uh, I ended up moving back to Toronto after that. And um, Green Money, GME, they were hitting me up on Instagram and they were like, we really like your music. And this was at the beginning of COVID too. So it was, I was recording all my music on my computer and I was just putting it out on YouTube, like just like basically throwaway tracks. And they were seeing them and, and um, A1, he messaged me and he was like, I really want to link up with you and I really want to talk about what we can do to benefit your music because they were doing promotions and stuff before COVID with parties and everything. And um, I was kind of traumatized by my, by my previous experience, so I didn't know if it was something I wanted to do. But after I linked up with them, I was like, you guys are, are really dope. Like you have a real vision and like you see kind of what I want to do with my career. And they've been really good at helping me to to make a plan, like I said, and to 
to go forward. Like they've really been been there every step of the way when it came to wanting to put together a mixtape or wanting to put together these videos and everything. Like they've been behind me 100%. And that's the reason why I chose to go with them and, and to stick with them in a deal because I was like, you guys are really there for me. And it's not, it's not in a selfish way. Like obviously there's always going to be money in music, but I truly feel like they're like brothers to me and they really like, they have my back. They want to see me do well and they want to do it together. It's not a, a come up. That's cool. I'm glad to hear that. Like, cause you hear a lot of like negative stories. You don't always hear like the positive stories, but as my shit gets farther in life, I'm like, say a word management sounds like one of those things you really need let alone want like it's not like a choice like without management this shit's way more complicated on like every fucking level so it's like interesting just to hear you be like they're cool i mean they hit me up and i'm like say a word i know one of your peoples and i was like okay and then i did the interview with time and he basically said the same thing about them so now it's two of you that are saying the same thing that's like really dope but like yeah they're a really dope label I'm just curious, like, what is your vision for your career? So you started it off. I hear you got them love songs with a little bit of edge to them, a little bit of edge. Yeah. A little more interesting to listen to. But, like, what do you see for yourself, like, in the big picture? What's the dream? In the big picture? Um, I don't know. Like, well, I do know. But, I mean, like, for me, I... I view music as something that's always been there in my life and that's always been kind of a part of me. And I really want to see myself be involved in music in a way where it helps me to not, it's not just a pat or like a hobby or a passion. It's something that really helps me to live my best life and benefits my future and, and my family and things like that. Like, I don't want to just do music for clout. I don't care if I have, you know, a kajillion followers, if people are listening to me and they're catching a vibe and they're relating to my music and they're helping me make money, then, you know, that's what my drive and my vision is. Of course, everybody, I feel like, wants fame. Everybody wants to be famous. Like, it's natural. It's a human thing. But I feel like I'm not in into music for fame. I truly love creation. And I feel like if I can make a career out of creating just like my brother did like that's what i want to do over working a regular job yeah i definitely empathize with that situation i like the fact that you like just kind of recognize that it, it does require that other element of it like kind of make money on this it's not just like mm -hmm. creating the art because it is simple to just create art and put it out into the world but that's not like a fully sustainable habit um yeah so, I mean, have you performed a lot, like, since you've started I've performed doing a few times. Yeah, I performed a few times. Um, I went on a, a small tour with my friend, Destiny. Um, so I opened for one of her shows before. And then before I left to L.A., I tried to host a couple of my own small events. But nothing major, like no South by Southwest, no big festivals like that as of yet, just because it's been COVID. So, but um, next year in the spring, I definitely plan to do more performances because that's my fave. Like, I really love performance. I love shows. I love dressing up, getting my makeup done, 
and just going on stage and banging it out and looking sexy like Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually my alter ego is Beyonce. Like, you can ask about it. I have friends and they'll tell you, like, when it gets to that time, Beyonce comes out and she's ready to go off on stage. That's amazing. <laughs> so you basically create this whole vibe so that your performance is next level with it. Yeah, well, that's the plan. Like when I come out um, in April and, and do some more shows, I plan to come out in a very dramatic way. Um, do you practice this stuff? Like, do you have like a choreograph to all your music? Like, do you put time and effort into that kind of thing? Like choreography and, and dancing? Yeah. Um, so far, no, but I haven't really wrote any dance tracks for real that I've I've had to make a dance to. But I mean, I feel like everybody who makes music has their practice in the mirrors and the showers and the windows and any reflective surface that they can. <laughs> yes, that is very funny. <laughs> Oh man, um, that's cool. So like, you were you see so basically you were you were dancing for a minute, so you already got the skill set in this. Like you already know how to dance. You've done the video thing, which is crazy. What would be like your dream music video? Like if you could have all the budget in the world, what would you do with that? Hmm. What would I do with that? I think I would go somewhere dope, like. Somewhere like real poor, like a third world country, and throw a bunch of money. Just throw it on everybody. <laughs> that is a, that's an amazing. That concept. would be like, if I had a real high budget video, I think that's what I would do, kind of like Drake's God plan, God's plan. But I would just go and go somewhere real poor where they need it, and, make and it I'd rain. be like, I'd make it rain everywhere, like like a crazy place that's incredible that's a good part like that's have you traveled a lot yeah i like to travel i traveled a little bit in my 20s i'm only 25 but i traveled a little bit before covid and i traveled like mostly to the states and and i've been to europe too and the caribbean but i haven't gone anywhere cool like egypt i would love to go to dubai like places like that that's cool what makes you want to go mm -hmm. there? Um, Egypt, I just think the history and the culture of Egypt is dope. And Dubai is just completely different than than Canada. Like, I heard at least the cars are nice. The the rich live there. Like, it's a very, a very high class place that you want to visit and see. I'm all about spontaneous and, and experiences that educate you and, and teach you how to you know, conduct yourself in different types of situations. That was a really interesting statement. So you want to have experiences that teach you how to elevate your circumstances. Yeah, period. I think that's why you should want to travel because you should want to get to know other people's cultures. You should want to expand that way. And, you know, it's out of respect too. like when people are talking to you, especially in Toronto, where we're so diverse and multicultural. You almost want to know a little more about where they come from or you want to have an experience so that you can relate better and so that they can, you know, they can have a, almost like a family bond or a trust with you. 
That's wild. So the more you know about culture, the easier it is to get people to work with you and whatnot. Yeah, well, people, it's just like people will like you because you know, right? It's like when you go to France or somewhere and you speak French, they're going to automatically like you more because you mm. know something about them. You can relate to them in that type of way, right? When I went to France, I didn't know a lick of French, so they didn't really like me like that. <laughs> That's amazing. If I speak French in France, they know I'm from Quebec and it's a very mixed bag. Oh, for real? I thought that they would like y'all more because you spoke French. So I did customer service for a minute, talking to France people, and I learned right quick, like, because there's different layers to it, but like, you got snobby France. Snobby France feels like Quebec French is dirty French. So it, oh. I used to have people say shit like, can I speak to somebody who really speaks French, please? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> and yeah. No, so. Well, what do you expect? It's France. It's so beautiful there. Like, you can't even expect less. Like, oh, they're going to be like, oh, you guys are trying to bite our swag for real. Which is fair. And I'm going to be, I'm a, uh, yeah, Paris. Go. Uh, we had somebody in the comments. Snobby France is actually Paris. And I didn't want to say it, but in my head, I was thinking Parisian. But like, the rest of France is apparently super cool. Um, and then somebody's like, Quebec French is better. I'm like, I don't know which is better, but in my opinion, <laughs> isn't Quebec French like mixed with English? Like, is it called Francophone or something? I don't know much about is, Quebec French. There is definitely like a common sense of in the street, English French hybrid that I think everyone understands. Like I think people, mm -hmm. and it's not like a real language. It's just people are so used to like. Like, I'll speak French until that English word, and I don't know it, so I'll throw the English word in, and people will do it in the other language. But Quebec <laughs> French is, like, rough. It's got a rougher vibe to it. It's more, like, consonant-heavy, and France French is airier. I find it really hard to speak in that accent in French because I'm more used to the consonant side of it. But, like, it's almost like France is more nasally in its delivery and hmm. quebec is not quite like that i find it's more like closer to english in its accent delivery and pronunciation of shit but i'm also speaking mad anecdotally so internet and people who also speak french better don't hold me against that i'm english in quebec it's not the full like french in quebec right experience. don't hold me against it either i, I still love y'all <laughs> no i fucks with france i don't though. understand but i still love y'all so quebec's a vibe <laughs> that's just what i could say about that it's a vibe <laughs> good bad love it or hate it it's a vibe um but uh so when it comes down to like other stuff in your life i mean i assume you must have other passions and desires going on do you like plan on pursuing things more than music like beyonce a mogul she does like everything yeah man of course like i love business i love anything entrepreneurial um I love clothing. I love, I'm, I love like makeup. I love all of that stuff. But as far as starting anything else at the moment, I'm not really thinking about that. I'm just kind of trying to pursue music. And, and once I build something in music, then I can do other things after that. But I'm also a mortgage broker. I broker mortgages too. So I mean, that's <laughs> for now I'm, I'm doing okay. Yeah, I've heard mortgage brokeraging is pretty good if you're good at it. Yeah, if you're good at it, it can be good. If you're not good at sales, then I don't know if it's the best. 
no nah, it's extremely hard sales like uh, that's how mm -hmm. I look at it. but you get to go to like fancy places they get to like deal with like big fancy houses yeah like if that's the type of lane that you're into you can definitely go to some big nice places go to fancy houses do the open house thing like there's a lot of opportunities in brokering but it's not like music you'd rather go to a big fancy party and like chill with drake or something that is true have you seen drake before like it's like if you're in toronto like from my montreal perspective i just like feel like you just run into drake sometimes like you would run into maury or something in new york city <clears throat> no haven't run into drake yet but i'm hoping i see him at 7 a.m on the bridal path so I'm... <laughs> i have no idea what a battle path is you never heard 7 a.m on the bridal path his new song Oh, I listened to the whole album, but then there's still the, you know, it's a lot to listen to, right? Like, so I end up in a position where it's more important that I listen to Shay 24K today than Drake, to be honest. So if I had to pick, yeah. like, I had to prioritize based off of, in a lot of cases, who I'm going to talk to. So I heard the album, but if you were to ask me what any of the song's names are, I could not tell you right now. Well, Drake has this song called 7am on the bridal path. So that's why I was like, I'm hoping to see him at 7 a.m. on the bridal path because I'll be waiting, mm. Drake, if you're out there. <laughs> I would love Drake to find my video. I'm not even going to lie. That would be fun. <laughs> but, We're uh, coming to meet you 7 a.m. on the bridal path, man. So what's the Toronto scene like? Like, I don't know a lot about Toronto, except that it's very large and that not everything in Toronto is Toronto. And there's other things attached to it that are also Toronto. <laughs> but like, what's the like scene the like? Other, like Mississauga other and all that stuff. Like when I, when I thought about it, I'm like, isn't Mississauga Toronto? And they're like, no, they're separate things, but they're part of the greater Toronto area, according to Google. Yeah. So it gets not as simple for me. I would still consider it Toronto, Mississauga, Scarborough. I feel like those places are still Toronto. I feel like when you get out deep to like Oshawa, Bowmanville, Whitby, like those become less Toronto. Mm. Like Hamilton, that's less Toronto. But Toronto's dope. I love it here. There's a lot of politics. There's a lot of things that are, that could be better. I mean, I really wish that Toronto would be more open to working with each other and putting each other on as a as a team, like how they kind of do it in Atlanta and other places that we see. Like Toronto has so much good, it has so much potential. There's so much talent here. And I just feel like if we could let down or let go of that screw face mentality, um, that we'd be able to push ourselves a lot farther. It's wild how pretty much she talked to somebody from everywhere that's not Atlanta or the Bay Area, and you get the exact same, like, that. Everyone kind of says that pretty much everywhere. Yeah, well, because you see it, and it works for them, right? Like, teamwork makes the dream work for real, and that's why I was so big on finding management and finding people who are down for you and actually believe in you, because when you work together like that, like, imagine that's that could be like five or six different people and all of their networks, right? All their connects. So I can see how it would push them further, but I know that Toronto, it's real politicky and there's a lot of things happening even between hoods and between like just people that you know, you don't even want to really work together because you never know, you never know where you could end up. You never know what could, what situations you could be in. And 
it's unfortunate because you look at people and you're like, wow, you're so talented. Like, I want to work with you. Like, I want to do things with you. But should I? Because you're involved in this type of lifestyle or this type of scenery. Right. And right? And that transcends, like, beyond just some circumstances, which, you know, I know exist. But it, it translates to like everything in life. Like people make those decisions. Like I've had people be like, careful who you feature with. And I'm like, say a word, eh? Like, don't just say us to everything. Just be wise about it. Because mm-hmm. even if you want to talk about the vanity of superficialities, people will judge you on all of the decisions and stuff you make. And so, yeah, I don't know how to. Like, I agree. I don't know how to deal with all of those situations. But it's like, if you're sitting here in, in, as an English artist in Montreal. You're almost going, fuck, man, Toronto's so much better because they don't have the French shit. And you almost like want to go to Toronto. Then I talk to people in Toronto and they're like, I just wish we'd all work together. And I'm like, damn, that's exactly what we say in Montreal. Isn't that different? Mm-hmm. I find like Toronto people work together if they come from the same from the same place. Like if you're from the same hood or you, you got a cousin like you know somewhere you're gonna end up working with that person over some some artist that you may have heard and liked but you just don't know right yeah like i feel like it's a personal thing like if you know somebody on a personal level they might work with you but if you're just coming into the city to pursue music or coming onto the music scene then people aren't really they're not about it as much because they're they're waiting for their own friends to do it yeah, that's a huge insight, actually. I think everybody's like that. I think what you just said describes a lot of challenge that a lot of people face with a lot of groups in all levels. Like, I'm talking festivals and shit. They'll go to their friends first, ultimately, on some. That's how it just works out. Like, I had somebody in Seattle kind of explaining how there was this situation going on now that the festivals were reopening. The city's kind of evolved in a more gentrified way. So the people throwing the parties kind of went to their peoples rather than maybe who they should have gone to to best represent Seattle. And so like these kinds of arrangements transcends all levels. So it's super insightful that you're pointing that out. Yeah, man, that's just what I see. Like in my own experience, that's how that's how people have been with me. And I'm not I don't claim any hood like I don't claim no gang shit. And I feel like even people in the industry, they kind of just look at me and they're like, I don't know. I don't know you well enough to to do a song with you or and it's like it's crazy because it's like okay well get to know me then like let's link up like let's make a song like let's vibe together get to know me but they're so against it because there's so much politics they don't know and like they're like oh are you set up are you this are you that you know and you're just like oh never mind then don't even work with me you got a bad attitude I mean, the city sounds like, and um, I don't know. Is there a lot of live stuff that happens in Toronto? Like, let's say in a, in like a non-COVID environment, what's like the live scene like in your perspective? Just like even as a person, forget about being a performer. Just like nightlife, or yeah, like for like local music, like opportunities for people to come perform and all of that kind of stuff. Hmm, I've been to events and stuff in Toronto where they've they brought up up and coming artists. Like, I think there was this event called Remix that I went to a few times. I've, I've actually like come across some really good artists even just going to their events. Um, but as far as like big festivals and big events that would actually promote 
a new artist like me, somebody who's still coming up, I feel like it's still so limited. Like people don't really, they don't really see the potential of music right now. So they're kind of still, they're kind of still doing like the, they want to host for the big guys before they do the small things. Yeah, that's definitely, I think that's a universal challenge. What would you do if like, how would you, how do you solve that challenge? Like in your opinion, how do you get people to like get more noise for Shade 24K to get to that next level? I think that's, that comes down to having a good team. I mean, like sometimes, especially as a woman in an industry that's so male dominated, I feel like sometimes you need somebody who's stronger than you or you need somebody who's who knows the scene or who knows the industry behind you to kind of vouch for you and and have people who may never have heard of you before take you serious. It's like sales, like you go and you're selling an artist or you're selling music to somebody who may have never heard you. Sometimes people don't wanna take you serious when you come to them on your own and say, hey, look, I'm an artist, I make music. Sometimes they wanna hear it from somebody else. It's like a verification stamp almost like boom, okay, well, this person's saying that she's good and that's not her just saying it for herself. So maybe I'll go listen instead of her just coming up to me on her own. Like in that sense, I feel like teamwork does a big part of that. Yeah, big facts. I feel like people undervalue the power of a street team. Like I was thinking a lot about music marketing and up until the internet, like the street team was a much more literal thing. And now it's on the internet. But like that street team, out of that level of validation, if a bunch of like, 18 year olds be running up and shouting about your name it's like you can't fake that <clears throat> yeah it's like it almost like proves that you're good right like when other people are talking about you when somebody else is talking about you it's always going to come off better than you talking about yourself because people are going to take that as as bragging or you know like maybe you think you're too saucy like okay well it becomes a competition thing almost Right. But like when you have somebody to come out for you and be like, yo, this is my artist and I really believe in her and, and her vision and her drive. Like, I really think that you should check her out. You're going to be more inclined to do that because you're like, ah, well, at least she didn't. <laughs> she didn't tell me, you know, like somebody else is telling me and it, it could be real. So let me go check it. Right. And you think that like just... I didn't even hear. Sorry. So I go on what you said. What were we going to say? I didn't hear really Drake promoting his own album. I kept hearing it from other people, right? Didn't he buy like a bunch of album slots around Toronto at Lyrics? I think he bought like billboards and stuff, but was that him himself or was that? I'm going to say it was OVO probably had a hand in that, which I mean, (laughs) when you're Drake, I feel like OVO is an extension of you. So they they just achieve your dreams. Like I'm sure Drake was like, or Drake or... 40 or one of the other guys he talks about a lot i'm not that up to date on the drake camp one of these dudes was in a meeting and they had like a meeting and they were like let's run it like but i'm sure i'm sure he was involved in in a decision that would have cost that much money yeah because that's not a well, cheap i one. don't know yeah that's true because even i know that he had billboards like in other countries and things too it's like that's gonna run you <laughs> I feel like the boss gets brought in and I feel like, yo, I'm telling you, Drake, this is going to work. Because more like that's how Yeah, yeah. Or he yeah. had the idea and they're like, bro, do you know how much this is going to cost? And he's like, I don't care. Fuck Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, no, we're winning. They yeah, do. I can agree with that. 
But uh, I don't know how that. Yo, his marketing's on point. That guy is like, I gotta give it up. Yeah, to like Drake. you don't have to ever see him really get on his Instagram and say like, "Yo, come listen to my album" or anything like that. You just you see his stuff and you just know where to go. That's true. And it just, well, Spotify will throw it in your face too. Like, trust you ain't escaping Drake right? that day. But that's like, a, <laughs> that's like a league that's like reserved spots. I don't think like 99% of people could even play that. Because even like one step down, those guys are still promoting themselves a little bit more. Yeah, that's true. But Everybody, not- like, there's a self-promotion and then there's like, I don't know. I feel like everybody was talking about Drake. Everybody's talking about Kanye. So... Like, the more people talk about you over you talking about yourself, I feel like the farther that can take you. No, that's facts. Because people want you to be humble, you know? Which is definitely um, the challenge of it all. Do you find it simple Mm -hmm. to stay humble? Yeah, I'm not really a big flexor like that, so... Like, I'm not into music for clout. I'm into it because I like to create, so... I feel like for me, it's easy to stay humble because when people ask me questions about music, I can answer it honestly because I really love it. Whereas somebody who's doing it for clout, they might be more of a flexor. They need to have that type of characteristic to them because they're not as passionate about the creation. Right. So do you have any like merch lines or anything like that coming or... Uh, at the moment, no, I don't. But I feel like as as I start doing more shows and being like more out there and growing more, I will have merch and everything for sale. It's a it's a process. It's a plan. You know, you have to organize these things ahead of time. You can't just come out with merch and you know expect everybody to love it and buy it. That's an investment. That's a huge investment. Yo, what's up, DJ Magnanimous? People are popping in. Yeah, it's cool. Like, I think your um, I think your insight is powerful. Outside of music, what kind of passions do you have? Um, I'm really passionate about family. I really love family. I really try to do my best to to be the glue and keep everybody together. Um, but to be real, like music is my biggest passion. I don't really think about much else. Like. Every day I wake up, I write music. Every every moment I'm singing a song or thinking about a song or a sound or something. Like, I don't really think about much other than music. I think, like, other than my family, music's one of my top things. Like, music, God, family. Like, that's my life. <laughs> it's pretty fresh. What's your songwriting yeah. process like? How do you actually go about that? Uh, I feel like my songwriting process is always different. Um, More times I wake up real early, like five in the morning. I look at the view. I smoke a little ganja. (laughs) And I like I start to write. I listen to a lot of beats. I save a lot of a lot of people's beats, a lot of music. And I just write. And I feel like, too, a lot of my songs, they they pop into my head like you know when you're like in the shower and you're you're just vibing and you're freestyling and you're like oh that was sick like I do that on a regular basis all the time to the point where I'm like am I even writing these songs like did I hear this somewhere else because I feel like I know this song and it's always something like random or new and so I um 
I got into the habit of like recording more references on my phone and, and everything like that. And um, after I started doing that, I started I started um, engineering my own stuff. So I would pick up my Pro Tools and I would start putting everything in and planning and organizing the layers and the sounds. And that's kind of how my process goes. And then after I complete a song, if I feel like it's something I really want to move forward with, then I'll take it to a, a studio or an engineer and, you know, get their input on it and see what it's like for them and if they have any insight about the music. All right, so this sounds like super, like, nifty, right? So you, you record it all on the phone, at like reference, almost like Michael Jackson style with the references or whatever. Load that up into the Pro Tools and effectively turn the ideas into a track and play with it do you, over whatever beats you have. Where do you get beats from? I find them all over. Like, I, I look on YouTube a lot, but I try to filter out where I'm hearing the beats or wh where the beats are coming from. I don't want to go on beats that everybody has or has heard. So I try to stick to finding um, producers that are newer on the scene and who might not be like the most famous or might not have the most streams. And I try to work off of those beats. And then I also like I have a one two producer, one two friends that make beats. So I get them uniquely from their sound click. Like I use the Internet a lot. That's a big resource that you can use it's just it's tricky because you want to avoid the beats that people have or that people have already written on so how would you actually avoid that like because that's i never i never got that into leasing because one time back in the day i put out a track and somebody's like you got it from that site and i said say fucking word you said the site name that was like a lot for me to process as a young person and i didn't like that a lot but like how would you actually verify in any way? Like, do you hit people up and ask them or like, do you like just take the beats? Um, I try to buy the beats straight out. Like if I hear a beat and it's new and it doesn't have a lot of views or streams, I try to get it straight out from then. Um, but like my writing process is generally real fast. So if I find a beat and I like it, usually I'm able to get it before other people do. Mm. And that's how I kind of like stay exclusive because I know that there's there's times where people like back in the day when I was a rapper, I used to hear my beats all the time. Like I've heard one of the beats that I used on a Telus commercial. I was I was cheap. I was <laughs> like, what the word. hell? I was like, I wrote this whole song, me and my friend, like this was so good. And now it's in freaking Telus and with the little gecko like I'm mad. <laughs> so then after that, it was like. No, you got to be more particular about the beats that you're finding because I know people, other people have access. It's the internet. Everybody can go on there and, and hear beats, right? But I would think in the future that to avoid that, I'm going to just be buying unique beats, like made especially for me, for my own production. But for now, like the tracks that I'm making, they're, they're like getting to know you tracks. Like that's what I call them because I'm still so new on the scene and people might not know that I'm an artist yet when they first see me. So it's like the tracks that they're hearing right now, they're all tracks that I've written like months ago or years ago even, or even like, you know, they're not my best, 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 best tracks. So if they do hear one of these beats on something else, I hope they don't hold me because I have new tracks coming that are going to be more exclusive than that, you know? I mean, these are just to get to know me. They sound pretty good. I found your SoundCloud and I found what's on your YouTube, and all of that sounded real good. So, 
Thanks. I only imagine it gets better. I was like, no, nah, like your voice is cool. There's a vibe to to what you bring to it. Like it's got, like I said earlier, like that R and B kind of seductive vocals, but with like an edge to it where you sound like a real person. As a- yeah, I try to like talk, sing, or like make melodies that aren't too. It's not too harsh. Like it's not too. Like you could listen to it to go to sleep, like a lullaby type of thing. Hmm. I appreciate that. Who are some of your biggest influences now? Um, to this day, I still like the number one artist that I listen to is still Lauren Hill. I don't know if I'll ever let her go. <laughs> She's still my favorite. She's probably my biggest influence. Her, but I hear a lot of um, Janae Aiko in my style. Like I listen to her too, and I like her vibes, and I feel like we almost radiate similar energy. Um, but I like, like, I like old school R&B. Like, I like the Air Cabadus, the, the Lauren Hills. Like, you know, I like that type of vibe. So, um, Mary J. Blige. Like, I try to stay listening to that. And I try to make it more modern in, in today's time when I'm writing. That's super cool. Since mm-hmm. I don't know a whole lot about the Toronto scene, I'm I'd be curious to know who are some of the people you think are worth checking out in the local scene that you know of that are dope. Yeah, honestly, like even here, I don't know a lot of people in Toronto who are singing R&B. I know a lot of rappers. Like I have a friend, she's a real good rapper. Her name's Leah, Leah Desire. She's good. I like Tia Banks. I listen to her sometimes. But these are rappers. These aren't. Um, well, I don't know if they sing. Like, if they did, that's good. But I'm I really like their stuff so far. What I've heard, um, I like Smiley. He's cool. But I don't know many singers that are doing R and B. Um, I like Division. He makes good music. Party Next Door, but Party Next Door is already out. Yeah, like I know what a Party Next Door is. I've seen his name. <laughs> He shows up on famous people stuff all over for a minute. I don't yeah, know if he's, he's as like relevant now, now, but like he had a run, like a run, run. Yeah, and I think he's doing writing now for artists. So maybe he's still in the game, but he's just behind the scenes. I'm sure there's way more. Like this, from what I hear, there's some lucrativeness if you can get like proper writing gigs like that. Like, and I don't know, I could see how that'd be fucking fun. Like just to sit there and write songs. All day long. Yeah, you wouldn't even have to to put in the time to record. I don't know. Recording's cool, though. Do you like recording? Yeah, I love it. It's part of my favorite parts of music. What's your, like, recording process like? My recording process is, like, my writing process, man. Like, I get into the studio, I smoke a little weed, and I, I hop on the mic, and I just try to blow it up, like... I just try to do my best and I like I like the putting together of the music like I like going to the studio and recording because I like I like hearing the end result of what it could be because when you just record a reference on your own you don't get the full potential of the song so I'll just go smoke my weed record my one two track and then I'll listen to the to the recording and I'll try to make little tweaks and little things that I could do to make it better that's fair. How long how long do you think it takes you to get from a point where you like 
record a song to like being satisfied with it? Do you like go back and redo things? Like do you do revisions and stuff? Um, sometimes I do. Um, I feel like after I record a song, I try to like to do it all in one day because um, different days they you feel different. So sometimes you don't catch the same vibe on one day. So I try to record all in one day. And then if there's things that I want to change or if something sounds off to me, I'll go back and switch like a little part. But I try not to re-record like full verses and stuff like that. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so when do you have new stuff coming? Just now I have a few videos that I'm having in the catalogs and I'm just waiting to drop them. So all of the songs that you heard on my Spotify or my Apple Music, more of them have videos coming out in the next couple weeks, couple months. Um, so I'm really excited to drop those. And then I've been writing a bunch of new songs for y'all too. So those will be coming out in the new year. Um, <clears throat> have you ever checked out Esperanza Spalding? No, I never heard of that or them. You just got a recommendation from the chat for that. Cool. Yeah, I'll check y'all out. That's super cool. Um, so do you have like anything else that you want to share with the folk out there? No, like I feel like I pretty much covered everything, all the basics of Shay. If you guys want to know more about me, you can follow me on Instagram. Ask me any questions that you like. I'm I'm real interactive. I'm not a brat. So if you hit me up or DM me, I'll definitely say hi. Do I'll definitely answer some questions. And while we're here, do y'all have any uh, questions as well in the chat that are watching? Um, but yeah, I'm all takes a second for that to like kick in but like while that's <laughs> happening um do you have any like timelines for like when new stuff is gonna like come um new music or new yeah, videos like the videos well both actually i think i should have a video coming out in the next couple of weeks i just seen the finished preview of um the last video that i did so i think i haven't set a date for it yet but i think in the next couple of weeks Y'all should be seeing more of me on um, on YouTube and on Instagram with the videos. And then I, I, I'll be dropping new songs just now. Like I have, I write songs every day, man. So like I'll be dropping songs before you know it, before the videos even. Right. That's pretty mm -hmm. cool. That's dope. Um, and definitely, are you trying to experiment with any new styles? Of course, I'm down to do all types of styles, rock and roll, country, um, heavy metal. Say a word. I'm just kidding. Maybe not heavy metal, uh, but <laughs> I... no, I'm down to be versatile. Like, I mean, I could try anything. Like, I'm not against trying any type of song. So um, I really want to try features with other artists, maybe even from, from new places or from home. Um, but that's what I plan to do in the coming new year. I really want to work with some more artists and, and have some new bangers that are features with others. That's dope. <clears throat> um, so what song should I bang right now to see your skills? Somebody just jumped in and asked that. Mm, tell them to check out Boom Boom 
Um, it has a video. It's a really dope video, too. You guys can see me and my friends on YouTube, Shay24K. I'm going to go link that right now for you so that they can see that. And then give me one second to do that. I have it there. It is a good video. I definitely watched that one. Um, I painted my butt cheeks gold. <laughs> Just for you guys. Uh, what are three? Who are three artists that you want to work with? Hmm. I definitely want to work with Drake because I feel like he's just cool to me. Like he's just, he's so diverse. He's so versatile and he just has like a cool, he almost feels like an older brother vibe right. to me. Um, Nicki Minaj for sure. Cause I feel like she can slay anything. And then I really like Frank Ocean and Jesse Reyes. I mean, I can't limit it to just three cause there's, there's too many people, too many different styles. But, oh, you know who I actually would? Who? Erica Badu. If, if you're listening, Erica, I really want to make a song with you. That's a really cool one. That's a good one. Yeah. That would be like one of those, like, you could die happier knowing it existed kind of songs. <clears throat> yeah, I'd be like, Erica Badu, come to the studio, kiss me. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Um, I appreciate you coming through. You definitely have a really cool energy. I really like your music and the overall flow you bring to everything. Um, so thank you Thanks for coming so through to do this. Um, definitely would love to have you back in the future as time progresses and you want to come through and share all the updates of everything that's happened as the world's uh, mm -hmm. you know opens up again and we can all start doing more real life adventures. I'm not exactly sure where Ontario's at, but I assume we're all moving in the direction of opening up again um and yeah it was super cool to get to know you more like it's really it's really interesting to hear your perception on the world like it's really fucking astute like you just come through and like everything you're saying is pretty like hard facts and i really like that um thanks so much and i appreciate you having me too i really like this is one of my first interviews actually that i I've, I've been done so i appreciate you having me i appreciate you listening to all my craziness and i had so much fun talking to you you're super entertaining to listen to it was a pleasure honestly um so with that though i also want to give a thanks to everybody watching this uh, and green money entertainment for hitting me up and being like y'all want to do these interviews and i'm like say a word y'all hit me up that was cool and uh so they set that up and did all the middle manning which was really cool so they deserve some props on that but all you watching this too it's super cool because without the people watching, it honestly just does not have, like, the same effect. It's it's a little more like just, you know, a conversation. So it makes it cooler. And all you watching in the future, you're also special. So subscribe, like, comment. All the links are going to be in the description of the video. So you can, you know, click and follow Shade24K and stay up to date with all the wonderful stuff. On that note, it was really a pleasure having you. And, you know, live long and prosper, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to me. I hope you guys have the best time, the best day.